welcome to tonight's edition of Just Try Ultra Podcast, the podcast for the aspiring amateur ultra endurance athlete. Tonight's guest is a member of the Tuane Triathlon Association. He's a major contender and a force to be reckoned with when it comes to any distance triathlons. He recently won gold medal at the Tuane Triathlon Championship. He came in at 14th place in the Durban Ironman 70.3 this year. He's a full-time senior industrial engineer at the Global Logistics Company. Clinton Cogsell, welcome to the podcast. I probably just scraped the surface of who you are. Please tell me and the listeners a little bit more about yourself. Wow, what an introduction. Uh, thanks, Venant. Um, it's good to be with you, first of all. And uh, yeah, it's been a long time. Um, we know each other from Rez, but yeah, it's, um, it's good to see you and uh, it's, it's great to be on your podcast show. Um, more about me, I am from Witbank, small mining town in um, Pumalanga. Uh, grew up there, um, matriculated there, uh, uh, the school, a uh, private school. Um, you know, grew up very much uh, exposed to a number of different uh, disciplines. Um, when it comes to sport and also when it comes to culture, um, I've played piano. Uh, I have uh, entered the squash scene. Um, very much uh, eyeball coordination sort of sports. I like the tennis scene, and yeah, just uh, just exploring any any sports I could, just because I enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, it's uh, when I was about fifteen years old or so, I had a, a cool group of uh, older, older generation uh, mountain bikers and they were quite serious. Um, one of them was in fact a, a duathlon world champ at one stage, uh, Patrice Gautier. And he was uh, very instrumental in, um, in getting me into the whole uh, professional scene and getting training right, getting your nutrition right, getting your skills right. Um, obviously mountain biking was uh, a big thing there because uh, there was potholes littered all over the roads uh, so mountain bike was just a natural um, natural thing to do in that that area and it was very popular so yeah I, I, I took to it immediately at a young age and I haven't looked back ever since that you know venturing in on other other type of wheels like uh, the road wheels and um, and then transitioning on to triathlon a bit later on um, in my university career. So, yeah, that's me. Um, I'm one of four siblings, um, the youngest. And, yeah, um, my parents still live in Woodbank. I still go back there every now and then. <laughs> okay, that's, that's awesome to know that, that there's more people out there that, that's, that's been exposed to so much more. You've been exposed to the cultural aspect. You've been exposed to different types of sports, which include your eye and eye coordination, um, which is great. I think, I think the more you're exposed to, the more you're pr pr prone to find yourself in something specific. And, and you're not really forced into, into doing that for the rest of your life. Um, you just touched on the fact that we that we met in Ice Book and Night where we lived together. Um, when I met you, I obviously knew you had a lot of talent when it comes to endurance type of sports. Um, I got to know you as a remarkable cyclist. I wasn't really aware that you that you're entering the triathlon scene up until earlier this year. Um, you just spoke about the guy that got you into into the world of cycling and really inspired you in the cycling scene. What got you into the world of, of triathlon? Was it the case of, I know our types of personality, the type A endurance athlete, always wanting more, always seeking the next adventure. And I know that was the case with me, always wanting more. And I've been exposed to triathlon since school level, but I always wanted to do a longer distance. Every time you want to just up the distance. What got you into triathlon? So, um, yeah, it's funny you, you bring up uh, adventure because I think uh, that's a, it's a big part of, of why we do these things um, and uh, very much a struggle on, on how it prevented us to uh, explore this adventure in COVID. But yeah, that's, a, that's another story. Um, 
basically uh, getting into the triathlon scene uh, was an unorthodox way of um, for myself getting into that triathlon scene uh, I was heavy into the cycling and the mountain biking um, and I encountered a quite a bad hamstring injury and um, I remember suffering with this injury for maybe two three months and just getting frustrated that I just couldn't do what I love and um, I remember going to the the local doctor and he told me you know it's it's not good to to do one sport and um, and uh, it has it has a drastic impact on on the way your your muscles uh, function um, in the fact that uh, you're using a one one muscle is getting stronger and stronger and um, the others are just getting weaker and weaker so he recommended why don't you start cross training and I was like I really I really just enjoy cycling to be quite honest <laughs> um, and yeah I decided well let's try this this running running thing so maybe did one or two runs a week and you know just your your odd two to five k and uh, I really enjoyed it but uh, it was just an odd thing that I would do so that I can carry on cycling um, and it took it took me a while until uh, university um, when I encountered another bad injury from a really long ride in um, Pumalanga um, and yeah we did a we did a 260 kilometer ride with uh, one of my ultra friends um, Albert Maybach and um, he's just an insane athlete and we got together we got along like wildfire um, and he would get me on all these adventures um, in multiple instances but the specific one actually um, it was about 5,000 meters of climbing and uh, I remember the last 10 k's we had to catch a truck and our goal was to catch this truck and just to, to hold it because it, it was getting dark so um, we caught it, we got back, the next day I couldn't ride, literally uh, the hamstrings were gone again and um, yeah that uh, turned me to really really um, pursue other sports that can um, that can really get me to the next level of, of enjoying cycling and enjoying other sports together. So that's when I started swimming um, and I was like, well, this is lacquer. I enjoy this. And um, from there on, I was just like, okay, well, let's enter my first running race. And I remember doing the best med tucks 10K. And funny enough, I, I struggled to catch that PB still um, because I was just so amped to get that over and done with. Um, and yeah from there on i was like wow i really enjoy this and um decided to enter my first triathlon uh and that was um it was a a standard distance triathlon and um i remember doing quite well in it i got selected for the duathlon cross country um or, or they called it a cross triathlon um event uh, in the cradle and uh, I remember just getting hooked on that because now I'm joining all my my favorite sports <laughs> in one so yeah that's that's sort of how I got into it um, unorthodox way but ever since I haven't looked back it's just um, you know your body's healthier you um, the goals that you have are just so much more widespread you know you, you can now enter cycling races and, and, and feel proud of yourself if you're still doing an adventure, you can enter a running race and go trail running in the Drakensberg. You can um, go for an open water swim. Um, and yeah, it just opens up so many more opportunities for adventure and being curious. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree with that. And, and it also creates the opportunity, like you said, if you get injured in one discipline, you can most probably still carry on with another with another um, discipline if you were to get some sort of running injury you've got shin splints or something you can probably still yeah. get on the bike and do some good training there you can still definitely get in the pool and get your get your cardio working and your endurance um, you know going up you you work a 95 as we just said in the intro you are a full-time senior engineer um, but also you spent to date this year 230 hours on the bike plus minus another 100 hours running 
and 60 hours in the swimming pool that's a total of 400 as i just said in 10 months 40 hours per month which roughly translates to 10 hours a week now that's a lot of training for for the average um, endurance athlete <laughs> how do you do it what's your secret what is the day a typical day in the life of clinton cogsell looks like sure you checked my stats there eh? i see your mass is still on point <laughs> um yes uh i haven't i don't aim for a certain distance or, or time in in a week um to be quite honest it's just i know that um you know especially this year i i had the main goal of of doing my um my first 70.3 ironman in durban and i just know that i know that i had to just train um and consistency has always been my forte i know that as long as you're just doing something whether it be half an hour to an hour a day that is where the magic comes um you know you'll always get days when you you feel demotivated you miss the exercise you um you know you you had to work extra hours and um you just got to take a step back and just say why am i doing this and um many of the times it's 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 not it's not that hard to convince yourself that you know you're doing it for um for something greater than than just your health something greater than just um for your um i wouldn't say emotional stability but just to to get out and that therapeuticness if i can say of of um of what the sport brings um but yes a, a typical a typical day would normally uh, start off with uh, you know a run a nice uh, early morning run maybe just a 5k um, for me and um, yeah normally if you if we work remotely that you know that that is a great blessing to um, for any sportsman because now you can take out your roller you can go to the fridge for some water or a banana or an apple and um, you can really look after yourself a lot better and I think that that's what um, many athletes um, have have really improved on, uh, especially over COVID. Um, and you know, just being able to to focus on on technique, focus on recovery, um, knowing that you're going to do a big race um, in in less than six months, um, it, it's it all plays a role in in forming that athlete that you eventually want to want to be one day. Um, and the the goal is always moving. You know, you you think this race is going to be the the race that I'm really really going to climax in, and um, it, it never is. It just moves and moves and moves, and that's that's the nature of our sport. Um, but yeah, just having that at the back of your mind, but um, just really thinking to yourself, you know, this is this is not only benefiting um, my my athletic performance but it's benefiting my health it's benefiting the people around me um you know you you healthier you happier um you get out in the sun you, you know your your whole body just um really gets absorbed in the sport so yeah you know that's that's very true i mean anyone anyone doing even if it's just one of the disciplines everyone can attest to to the fact that exercise releases endorphins absolutely and that makes you feel good yeah but the problem comes in um, after work you come back you are tired you need to you need to find that space where you can still have the motivation to just go out there and do even a 15 minutes or 20 minute run or cycle just keep on moving because that is the little victories that we are looking for in this sport of ultra endurance you need to find those little victories mm. in your daily routine because that's not going to change you are going to work you are going to have work yeah. and work might be tough one day it might be easier the next day so so finding that victories is super important you are just entering the scene of ultra triathlon in to some extent you just said you just did the ironman 70.3 durban this year we have already mentioned you came 14th overall which is crazy first the first ultra distance um, triathlon when you look at 
things like the the full Ironman, the double anvils, the triple anvils. You get even a four times full Ironman distance triathlon in the states. I mean, that's just crazy. What is your what is your goal when it comes to ultra distance triathlon? Have you got a goal currently? And if you look back at what you have achieved to date, what is your highlight highlight when you look at your triathlon career specifically? Oh, that's good. Um, yeah, your your goals are always moving. You know, especially as a as a social athlete, I call myself a weekend warrior. Um, but uh, you know, you, you got to alter your goals with the things that are around you. But at the end of the day, if you really set your mind on or one goal um everything else has to come and support that one thing and um that's a determination that i think any athlete should have um is it's just bring that support that you really need in order to to achieve your goal and um i can attest to to that especially um when it came to ironman durban um the 70.3 distance um you know it was a long wait i uh i was supposed to do it in 2020 and um you know i trained a good six to eight months for that because it was my first race that i really invested in and um when when COVID hit and the race was cancelled i was like oh you know now i have to wait another year and um just keeping that mindset i was just saying well let's just keep doing what i was doing um and just keep that consistency and discipline um, and it will it'll carry you through um, you know up to six months you can really focus on um, on specific uh, training for that race but um, yeah that was that was really one goal that I really worked towards and I felt like it was um, it really paid off um, you know Sandra my girlfriend she absolutely supported me the whole way through um, they came down to support me um, during the race and um, yeah it was it was just a, a phenomenal experience but um, a, a goal that I currently have um, is I would definitely like to do a full Ironman um, whether it be locally or abroad um, that's a dream of mine um, you know some of us uh, some of us are built for these sort of things and uh, some of us really struggle I just feel that you know god has given us a talent and god has given us um a, a way of of worshiping him through this at the end of the day and i just feel that um you know the, my my endurance capabilities has really played well with me in the past i know i'm not a, a sprint athlete so um you gotta work to your gotta work to your advantage and um you gotta enter the races that also suit your your ability and um, yeah, I feel the, the longer distance is something that I, is uncharted territory for me, but um, it, it's, it's definitely something I'd like to do. Even, you know, I'm doing Jathlon Champs in, in a week, week from now, and um, that could possibly lead to World Champs. So, you know, if I can get into to World Champs and represent my, my lovely country, um, that would be phenomenal. I mean, that would be a dream come true. Sure. Yeah, that's I think all of the all of the people that um that's out there, myself included, that are the seventy point three and I've done a few of them and definitely my goal is also to the next goal at least is to do a full Iron Man and and I'm sure once you've done that there's gonna be a next goal and oh, there's gonna be a next goal <laughs> and and that's just that's just the type of personalities that mm. that we have. We've got, um, as I earlier said, I said it, I called it a type A. I don't know if it's if it's categorized as such, but it's it's definitely that need to always do something, the next thing, take it to the next level, and and almost to an extent overdo it. Like you just said, when you when you enter a race, you you put that as your one goal so for that six or eight months this is where you are aiming at and to to get that you need a tremendous amount of support from family from like you just said um, sandra you need you need a lot of support from wherever you can get it do these specific groups support you no matter what um, 
because I mean if you have to go out early you 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 train so much that you spend less time with them is that something that that ever bothers them or do you guys speak about that how do you approach that yeah it's tough um you know you 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 form your your identity around the sport that you call triathlon and at the end of the day it's time consuming um and you know when you start taking away time from those you love around you and you start putting it you know investing it into a sport that is actually quite selfish um it's it it does um i think play a toll on on the people around you but i really felt like um you know when, when you start explaining to people that this is the passion i have and they see how excited you are and they really see that you know you you um you're really driven to towards um achieving that goal that you want to do that they almost um they almost are a lot more acceptable of the way you do things the way you um the habits that you form um the discipline that you that you um drive um and they start asking so you know how was your race last weekend or um you know i really hope that you have a good race this weekend and you know it's it it's it becomes form uh, forms part of of who you are um but not to let that slip through on you know taking over your full life i feel that um you know we we try and strike a balance um we very seldom get it right that's the truth and uh yeah i just uh, i just think that any ultra triathlete or or any ultra athlete for that matter just needs to sometimes just take a step back you know you realize that you still need to support your family one day you know you need to set up your professional goals you know you, um you know your spiritual life is just as important and um the family around you so to be a serious ultra athlete whilst um still being goal driven and still achieving all that you want to do it's uh, with the right crowd around you it's it's a challenge um but yes i totally agree it's a a, a good structure around um that you surround yourself with is uh, imperative you can't you can't do it without that I mean I could be training in the desert and um having ultra goals but I still wouldn't be able to do it because it's just like you know you look for you look to tell people about it afterwards I mean mm-hmm. um it's like any experience that you're excited about it's the same thing for any ultra athlete yes I completely agree with that that's that's very true and um even before the podcast we we spoke about <coughs> Sandra also training with you um yeah. maybe maybe not to the extreme extent that you train uh, on a weekly basis but surely that helps as well i mean if you train together that's quality time spent together and that's such a blessing also to yeah. have if your significant other uh, not only has the ability to to run with you to cycle with you to swim with you but also has the drive to do these things with you so Yeah, that's just a, a, an amazing advantage that you that you also have. Absolutely um <laughs> uh if if you went over um over Sandra's uh, Strava profile, I think you'd be more impressed with hers than mine. <laughs> so um uh, she's she's really she's really my hero. Um uh, she's more driven in the whole triathlon and running scene. Um she's an absolute talent. Um So it's great to have uh somebody who who understands the the role of training in both of our lives. Um you know Sandra is is a phenomenal um runner. She's she's done sub 90 21k's and she's a phenomenal swimmer. Um she's uh top 10 uh academic um in matric at uh, at school level. and um I, i'm pretty sure that i should edit this podcast right now and <laughs> refer you to sandra so <laughs> I, I, um and and that's it, it's great as you said it's good quality time it's something that that got us together um it's something that uh, we met at a duathlon and um you know we we joined park runs every single saturday we did park run we rode to the park run we ran it and then we rode back and you know that helps with the brick sense 
um, and uh, it's it's great to do that and have a good coffee afterwards, a good breakfast, and, and then chat about it. So yeah, it's all it all adds to the overall athlete's um, repertoire. Okay, um, yeah, I, I just want to circle back to and touch on the mental capabilities and, and abilities that an ultra endurance athlete needs to needs to have not only in the sport but in life um, if i can use an example of myself during lockdown i really struggled to to get myself motivated to train you said you you didn't really struggle with it and actually it motivated you to really focus on specific trainings um, what would you say is the mental I don't know, a mental arsenal that you have to have to be able to stay motivated for eight months and then get to a race where you go through the paces of feeling good and feeling bad, feeling a little bit underhydrated probably during the race and then all of a sudden feeling over nutritionalized. So how do you mentally stay stable and stay in a safe place for you to carry on doing what you love that's yeah, uh, funny you say that um as, as you're talking i just imagine myself and probably the best way to describe it is um when when you go clay pigeon shooting they teach you to uh, as soon as the the clay pigeon is released um and you're holding the rifle that you need to aim but when you 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 sort of need to surprise yourself before you pull that trigger, you need to apply apply the pressure, and then you know when that impact comes, it should be it should come as a surprise to you, and um, it's a, it's a strange it's a strange uh, way that you know I approach these sort of things, but it's the only way that I keep myself from getting overwhelmed by um, you know having the expectation of achieving a certain um, output of training in a week. Um, and you know by not achieving that then you get disappointed in yourself so just relating those two is um, you know I, I find myself going into a race is sort of being like an underdog you know like these guys you know these guys are 10 times better than me these guys have have been training twice as good as me they've been they've got coaches they've got um, the best equipment there's no way I'm going to get in the same race as these guys and, you know, um, succeed. Um, and I feel that that really um, takes takes a lot of pressure off of your shoulders um, when you're preparing for a race. Um, you know, just knowing that, you know, when it comes to race day, you're going to, you sure are going to perform the best that you can at your ability at that time. But the main thing is, to train where you're at and not train where you want to be um, because you know as a as a um, amateur athlete definitely a weekend warrior you know you you have all these goals but um, sometimes we forget that we we have a full-time job and that you know we have budgets and we have people around us and um, that, that's the thing is you need to train where you're at and know where your habits are formed that so Mondays I do this and that Tuesdays I do this and that Wednesdays I can fit in a, a cycle and a run um, and not change your whole um, way of living um, to support um, you know that that goal in its entirety but rather train in a way that you can um, make the best time in your week without neglecting the crucial things in your life as well um so yeah i think i think that's a way of um of sort of preparing mentally for for a race um and yeah i think uh it's it's always good to have structure you know you you, you don't go into it and say well you know i'm not i'm not going to train for this race you really do put in the effort but just in your mind just place that expectation um on the race day and not beforehand because mm. that places unnecessary stress on on a lot of other parts in your life other than just your your training yeah and it and it can take out the enjoyment part of it as yeah soon as you as soon as you just focus on i want to do a sub 90 21k 
sooner or later you're gonna not enjoy it anymore because if you just get barely there okay you already run sub 90s in i mean after swimming 1.9 k's and <laughs> cycling 90 k's so so you're not there but maybe the 120 one hour 20 is a mark as an example for you but i mean as soon as you just focus on that you're going to start in, in uh, losing you're going to start losing the enjoyment yeah um i want to just track back to to training programs you just mentioned training programs and sort of training to a, a set routine how do you approach approach training programs if you look on the internet there's training programs for any sort of endurance event out there but some of them are not that good other ones are good how do you approach that well i think it's um it's great to have a coach uh any athlete will will benefit from having a coach um and especially an understanding one at that um you know who understands that you like you said you have training you have um work outings you have studies um and so on but uh yes i feel um you know, we, we're involved in a few uh, social groups and you get a lot of wisdom from, from the people who have been doing this for many years. Um, and I rely, on, I rely on those people to, to give input into my life in, 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 with regards to training. Um, but yes, uh, I am naturally a, a researcher um, and I really encourage anyone who, who wants to get into the sport to really really invest a lot of time in in technique um, when it comes to swimming especially um, I do have a coach uh, for swimming um, you know I went into my first iron uh, half Ironman without any coaching lessons and um, when I started with this coach he says your stroke is all wrong how did you, how have you been swimming and um, you need that you really do need that sometimes it comes at a cost most of the time it comes at a cost if somebody fully invests themselves in you um, but just in that it's uh, it gives you the confidence in each discipline to really um, know that somebody else has, has planned something for you and that you, um, you you're on par according to training peak stress score or um, on par with regards to you know your, your Strava segments, you know your heart rate is going lower, but your times are going faster. You know things like that. It's it's great to do that that research. But um, as you as you also said, it's um, it's good just to keep that enjoyment factor alive because that's really the the reason why you're doing it in the first place. Um, I I have uh, taken a few uh, free training programs from. Um, from training peaks, uh, especially when it comes to duathlon, um, you know, I just use it as a guideline. To be quite honest, it's it's uh, if if the goal of this week is to get base training in, then you know you just got to spend a bit more time in each of the exercises, um, and also just to incorporate strength training. It's been crucial in not getting injuries in this uh, in the sport um and and it all helps it all you know your flexibility your mobility um it, it all helps on your bike um your running technique is so important to become efficient um especially at the longer distances um and yeah just to that 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 tr training um it all comes to play when when you're actually in that race and you start remembering ah oh, this is what this is what this guy said maybe i should try it now you know and then you you figure out along the way that you fail in certain things in a race and you find out what doesn't work with your your nutrition um and yeah you just got to find that out for yourself failing forward so we call it <laughs> yeah. yeah so you're talking about doing a lot of research I've researched the topic of diet, the effect that it has on recovery and the sport and especially endurance sport. I've, I've done a bit of research on that. How do you approach diet? Do you follow a strict daily diet routine or do you just adapt your diet when it comes closer to the event? What do you do during the event? Um, do you eat whilst performing? I mean, when you start looking at 10 hour events, Maybe half Ironman is still is still an exception. You don't really have to eat, especially when you do it in your times. <laughs> yeah. But um, 
but yeah how do you approach your diet yeah so race day and the the weeks leading up to to race day is crucial for getting the right nutrients into your body um because you know on race day your body's going to be depleted of all those nutrients um so you know you, you've probably heard of carbo loading you've probably heard of um you know glucose drinks and and so on and so on um but yeah you just got to play to your your genetic makeup um you know for me um i'm very um i'm more of a slim slim build uh person um so i don't pick up weight very easily um as well as i don't pick up muscle um and that's mainly due to my metabolism and um you know a lot of a lot of things come into it but um when it comes to my metabolism i know it's super fast so if i eat cake tonight i know that that sugar is gonna make me peak and i know i'm gonna be down in about an hour so um i know that i'm super sensitive to caffeine um it's it's an absolutely incredible uh, stimulant for me so taking all this into consideration um you just got to keep to the natural stuff um i remember doing the ussa the university sports south africa uh, cycling um tour um up in stellenbosch and the guys used to ask me but you got nothing in your you just got water in your bottle and they used to laugh at me i'm like this is how i train um and uh, you know because i've got such a good metabolism such a fast metabolism i can really digest natural foods a lot faster so um i found this out especially on on one of the uh, mountain bike ultra races that i did a cullen into tonteldoes and um that was i think it was about 260 270 k's um that i'd entered with uh two people um from woodbank and uh we uh you know you entering your first long distance race like that you you sort of go into the unknown with with what works for your body and what doesn't because i mean up to that point you'd only done under 140 k's of riding so yeah i went full gas cooking uh, boiled eggs uh had some potatoes lots of salt and some spices and things like that and um i'd packed it in, in in bags that i knew that i had to have it you know at this time then i had to um collect it the next water point then i had to take it at the, at the next time and uh it worked phenomenally for me um it doesn't say that it'll work well for everyone else you know some people do really well on glucose gels and um and glucose drinks uh but you really just got to figure out what works for your body and and there's no way of of finding that out other than going and doing an ultra race really bonking hitting the wall and then saying but what what went wrong here you know um sometimes it's not even training it's all about nutrition 100% 100% and if you look at technology i recently invested in a wahoo kicker which i think is probably one of the best investments other than the wedding ring that my wife wears congrats um <laughs> that's uh that's probably the best investment in terms of in terms of training just opening up so much uh, opportunity for training after hours or training early in the morning in South Africa you can't really go out everywhere and train when it's dark due to a safety issue you need to be aware of, of your own safety in, in, in certainly some parts of South Africa what advantages and disadvantages do you think technology brings into the sport of ultra endurance that's a good question um you know uh data in the power of somebody who understands it is very powerful um and i think you know if if one has a coach uh, linked with technology um you know collecting that right data it becomes really a powerful tool that you can use not only for the race that you're training for but for any any race in the future thereafter um so yes uh i i do train um on heart rate i don't look at it all the time but i know that 
um, you know, if I'm going at this exertion level, I should probably be around zone two, zone three. Um, and you can start picking up on, you know, if you're starting to feel fatigued, you see it in your heart rate, uh, 10 beats per minute higher, then you know, let's just take it easy today or, or for the week. Um, and yeah, that's, it's also a motivating factor, you know, when Strava came out, I was like, let's go check these segments. I want to see where I, where I am in the world. And, um, you know, that's also an encouraging factor, you know, when you, when you get the serious triathletes that start comparing their, um, their scores or their training stress scores and their intensity factors and things like that after a race, it becomes quite encouraging and competitive as well. Um, but yes, it's, uh, you know, sometimes you get better quality, um, using what bikes and, um, you know, and using that heart rates, uh, for your training zones and things like that. But yes, I do, uh, I, I hit the gym, I go to, um, I use the power bikes and, um, that's, that's the training ground, um, that I mostly use. Sometimes it's, it's not lucky to go for a an evening ride while the cars are heating at you um so yeah the wahoo kick is a fantastic investment um i i don't have an indoor trainer but the gym has been my playground and um, it should be for any triathlete um if you want to stay safe 100 percent. so we spoke about technology okay the gym the gym has a membership fee attached to it and and it and it allows you to to really use the technology out there like you just mentioned the power bike which is a great tool you can track your wattage if you've got a heart rate monitor then you can then you've already got two very good very accurate biometrics to track and to see fatigue and to see where you are this week or compare yourself to two months ago during this training program what do you recommend a person that wants to get into the sport of ultra endurance triathlon what do you recommend for them in terms of technology what is what is the have to haves i know myself and you probably have a little bit more than what the what the startup person needs to actually complete the race but what do you what do you think they need um you know what uh when it comes to technology um as, as I said, it's, uh, it's powerful in the hands of people who want to use it. Um, so, you know, first of all, I'd, I'd say that, you know, um, if you really want to, if you really use technology to motivate you um, in order to becoming even better um, at ultra endurance, then go full gas into it. Um, but uh, if not, um, just start off with enjoyment using that, that perceived exertion um you know it's you can do a little bit of research just without investing a lot of um money into um all these latest garmin garmin devices and things like that um you know there's there's many other ways in which you can really um forward your training without that technology um but yes it it definitely does enable um an ultra athlete um a lot more um, if you're not overwhelmed by the statistics, um, you know, something like starting off with, with an app that, that tracks your exercises, that's a great uh, form of technology that, that you can start off with, like Strava. Um, and you can see your peers and how well they're doing and your own personal base. It's a, it's a fantastic way of tracking yourself. Yeah, well, that's a, it's also quite a dangerous um, place to be if you if you track yourself to i'm speaking specifically to the start and not someone that's already fit that the fit, that knows how to handle fatigue that knows how to handle the stress on the body but a person that just starts out to to go into a strava or into the world of zwift which is a virtual virtual reality mm -hmm. cycling scene you immediately get into a racing mode you're yeah. always competing yourself either to the segment where's your personal record what's your peers doing all of these things are good but it can also be dangerous it can open you up for for injury especially if you start doing 
three k's four k's which the which the normal person will start at if you start at a 4k and you just try and push it as hard as you can from the get-go you are probably going to run into some some injuries and and overtraining mm. injuries so so that's just the negative side of it that that mm. i pick up so you just need to be aware of the dangers of that there's a saying i think it was rich roll when he started out his career in ultra endurance running he got a coach and he and his coach told him you need to go slow to go fast oh yeah because he was always doing his 10ks sub 50 minutes but his heart rate was always up top mm -hmm. he was hitting the ceiling he couldn't get it faster and his coach told him no ways we're going to start at the base we're going to start at zone two mm -hmm. we're going to start even take it into zone one sometimes then you're going to do your tempo runs you're going to do your um, speed workouts which are which only comes in at a later stage but it does come in but yeah. you need to build that base and that you build at a slow pace and that ensures the muscles grows <laughs> with your love for the sport I yes. suppose, <laughs> which is very very important um, yeah so that's just my two cents on technology advantages and disadvantages that it does have um, the next thing I quickly want to speak about is missing a training session. You've earlier spoke about the the fact that life gets busy. You get to work and you come home later than what you anticipated and maybe traffic was really bad and you couldn't make it to the gym or whatever the case may be. How do you approach missing a training? Yeah, so... Um you know, when you've been doing this for um, more than 13 years, you you get accustomed to doing something in a day. And um, it creates a determination that uh, that I don't know if if many um, other people would have who, who don't understand, you know, what um, what it is to to do something and get into such a habit that if you miss a training session it literally destroys your day um it's disappointing you know when you when you place your your mind on really planning out what you're going to do um in the afternoon and then you know traffic hits and then you know you get back and there's load shedding and now you're like oh well there's obviously not going to be hot water and now you know i'm not going to have a shower afterwards so is it really worth training and um, starting to doubt whether you're going to finish that exercise or not you you just got to do it and I've gotten to desperate times where you know everything didn't quite plan out in the day and I only had um, after eight o'clock to to fit in my session and then either going to gym and closing down the gym or literally going for a night run um, as the the lonesome ranger in the night um, finishing off that that 5k tra uh, 5k run so yeah it's 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 disappointing but um, just knowing that especially in ultra distances that it's not about the one training session that you've missed it's about making up that time in the next three four weeks um, and and that consistency because it's it's not that one training session that you're gonna miss it's not going to have a, a tangible impact on your your race time at the end of the day. Um, so yeah, just taking that expectation off of yourself and um, rather embracing it as a rest day. Maybe uh, it's possibly a good good mindset to go into. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Change change the mindset that you that you adapt when facing with these unexpected and missing training sessions. Absolutely. Tell me when you go for these evening runs. I love to run with music, so I put on a a bit of music. I run with my phone. I hold the phone in one hand and I hold the water bottle in the other hand. I've got my watch on, tracking everything that I do. Um, but I love running with music. That's the only sport that I, or the only of the disciplines that I do with music. When you go out for these evening runs, surely it's quite lonely um, out there. <laughs> 
do you listen to music do you how do you keep yourself busy or do you really just enjoy the the nature i'm one of those people who can just go out on a 120 kilometer mountain bike ride by myself and absolutely be in my element um you know one thing that i do enjoy is is looking forward to a good coffee or breakfast afterwards uh, that's a big motivating factor but other than that it's getting out you know away from your your blue screen that you're sitting in front of eight hours a day um you know getting away from the busyness of the roads um just going out and and really just finding your peace um it's it's really the reason why i i love training um and that's one of the things that that people really battled with in in covid you know like now i can't ride with my friends i can't run with my friends um you know people lose that encouragement and they stop exercising and um that's when you really need to decide you know why am i doing this is it for the love of the sport or is it to please somebody or a willpower that you just got to keep on going you know mm. um and yeah so it's it's no music for me um and just being quiet going out for your your lsd or something like that <laughs> yeah that's it's interesting how the other different athletes approach these things um i admire people that can that can spend four or five hours on a bike or running and really just be themselves in their own minds i think mm. that's a that's a very good place to be be content with yourself if you're content with yourself in that scenario where you're actually suffering or prone to suffering yeah. <laughs> to some extent then then you might just be content with yourself sitting at home reading a book as well which is a good thing you yeah. need to relax so <laughs> um looking back at the at the aim of this podcast is encouraging amateur athletes that that possibly only do one or two or three of the disciplines to get them into the sport that we both love which is triathlon and ultra endurance triathlon how do you think the amateur athlete that does one of these three disciplines how do they how should they approach taking it to the next level let's say a runner how does he become a cyclist and a swimmer you've mentioned your own unorthodox way of doing it um, but surely you should you must have some advice for people that ask you but how do you fit three disciplines in in a i don't know in a, in a schedule yeah that's um you must have a passion to to really try something new um you know it's it's one thing i i don't think there's any athlete out there that has found one sport and he's committed to that sport since he was a young age and he's retired doing the same sport at the same level for a full lifetime i i, I don't think there's a person out there that does that and um I think there's there's really just a an urge for for something something more like you just said you know it's it's a way of um, you got to find a reason to to really start running and whatever that reason is if it's friends that are um, you know that that are going for a social social walk in the park and then joining them and then you know somebody tells you that that they really started you know running and that they lost weight um and and that relates to you you know you can you can relate to to why that person is is um is doing the sport um we're copycats of nature we we love to idolize um certain aspects of people and um you know we, sometimes we, we want to have that same happiness or that same joy and um, I think that's where that's where the right um, input or wisdom um, can come into play. You know, surround yourself with first of all people who are getting out and um, you know doing the same thing as you. And there'll be most likely somebody who's doing something different over and above what you guys are doing currently. And um, yeah, I think I think that's that's the best way to get into it is by by doing it for for joy and exploring something different for a change um 
yeah and uh you know you open yourself up to to so many so many more adventures to do you know i didn't even realize there's trail running in drakensberg until i started running and i was like wow there's actually races out there that are doing you know marathon events and then you like you start play, placing goals in yourself and you start saying well i want to do well in this you know mm. and um yeah i think that that all plays a big role in, in exploring um triathlon or the other two disciplines you say yeah that that's a really good answer um tell me clinton i've got this or when i used to compete um at a at a better level at the more competitive level i i usually got the got the like the butterfly effect before a race um really bad and you've you've got to go to the bathroom once you've <laughs> stopped the car then you have to go to the bathroom again when you're at the starting oh, line yeah. but you really can't because now there's the the other competitors and if you go to the bathroom then then you're probably going to lose your spot so yeah what is your <laughs> what is your pre-race routine oh yeah that's um that's going to be so unique for anybody listening um but yeah i, I find for me, um, as I said, caffeine is a fantastic stimulant, um, and it gets you your your whole metabolism kick started. Um, so I just make sure that you know I'm gonna uh, prepare everything the night before, so that you know when it comes to getting in the car and going, everything is is ready to just chuck and go. Um, and uh, yes, just making sure that you're gonna arrive at your race within at least an hour before your um the start of your race um that that helps with the mind mental well-being and the mindset of getting into that race mode um that really helps me um and funny enough now that i'll just say that i do remember one of the races i did uh, african duathlon champs um one of the one of the guys i had met um he was from the other province and he was one of those people that that would ask you you know like um are you sure this is right are you um do you have this uh, oh i forgot my thing at home and that just totally put me off i remember that race is one of the biggest disappointments in my entire um cycling and duathlon triathlon career is that i did an extra lap <laughs> on the cycle portion and i could not believe it but now that i mention it it's it's definitely the the lead up to that event that distracts you um so i really encourage anybody who's really preparing for this to you know find a way that if talking and really like uh, talking to people and you know others asking you about what you're going to do in the race if that encourages you do it but if it doesn't, make sure you get away from the crowd, make sure you get away from everyone and you get into that that racing mode. Um, but yes, it's uh, it's important uh, from, your, from your nutrition uh, point of view to, to at least um, eat. And Feel for Champions is, uh, is oats with peanut butter and some cranberries. And that's, that's my, my power mix. Um, I know that that works for me and having that with coffee I know that uh, my metabolism are going to be um, really well prepared for whatever race that's that's going to come um, and also on the bike training or on on triathlon it's it's important in your transition to to pack the right stuff that you can just grab and go um, you don't want to lose time in transition either so um, one of the things I like to to have is uh, they have like these purity sachets that they have for babies and they're high in calories um, it's fantastic for um, mid-race fueling and that really really works for me so um, as i said keeping it natural um, as possible um, it always wins <laughs> i've actually never heard of someone taking purity as a race <laughs> food <laughs> This is a this is a game changer. I hope you didn't uh, take any of these um, supplement companies out of business just now. <laughs> uh, 
No, really, Clinton, it's been an absolute pleasure having you, having you on the podcast. Um, I've learned a lot from you. I've made a lot of notes and I'm definitely going to go back into this. But, but one of the main things that I take out of listening to you is routine. Routine is key. Routine is key oh, when, yeah. it become, when it comes to your training, to your daily schedule, to what you are trying to do. R routine should be the first thing that you focus on. And, and I really took that from you, even on race day. You just spoke about the routine. If as soon as you get out of the, that routine, your stress levels picks up, and as soon as you start yeah. stressing, your focus goes down. And and this is an example that you just mentioned. So, thanks a lot for being on the podcast. Thanks so much, Van. It's such a pleasure to be here and um, share some of my knowledge, share some of um, what I hope to be wisdom. And uh, yeah, I wish you all the best for. For any other listeners and any other future world champions, um, and I'm really honored to be here.